You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's Locked On Hornets, and we're brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com, and you can use promo code LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network, and you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them, and you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnHornets, at NotOfTheScribe, and at WalkerMail. Remember to tweet at us some of the questions that you might have. We'll put it on our mailbag bag episodes that we've been doing every single Wednesday. It's an ask me anything type of thing. So whatever topic comes up, you can ask us uh, whatever you really want. You guys have been sticking with the basketball questions and that's totally fine. We'll, we appreciate uh, talk, it. Yeah, we'll uh, talk when it's all you want to, but um, you can ask us anything that does come to your mind. For today's episode, we're going to discuss what we saw over the All-Star weekend, which was really just yesterday because of the pandemic. They altered it and made it just a one-day event happening yesterday. We're going to get to that later on in the show. But because the Charlotte Hornets don't play until later this week, we've got a few days where we can actually go back and recap all of the individual performances that we've seen from the Charlotte Hornets in the first half of the season. Now, I believe we got this question from somebody, right? Uh, when we were asking for some of the questions for our mailbag episodes? We did. Eddie Clemens III asked for player grades. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to put on our professorial hats, Mm -hmm. and and, and we're going to get real sartorial. We're going to be like Indiana Jones a little bit, because remember, Indiana Jones wasn't just a tomb raider. He wasn't just a grave robber. He was also a professor. So we're going to put on our professor hats and we're going to give out grades for the midterm. What do you think, Walker? I think that's a fair thing to do, right? I think I think it's a good idea from our smart listeners, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So how we're going to break it up is we'll go, basically we'll give a player one segment each and we'll do that for the next three days and we'll even have to double up on some of the segments. And when we get to a Cody and a Caleb Martin. We can combine some of the players that are towards the bottom end of the roster. I'm sorry to the Martin twins, but you guys bring this on yourself. You look that much alike and you have you the play same that exact hairstyle. I, look, I'm sorry. If you guys want to continue to be linked together, we're going to help you with that. I love the Martin twins and that's what we're going to do. I'm sorry. We can't make you split up and give you your own identity, but you guys get the picture. Jalen McDaniels. Don't know if we have to have a whole segment about him as far as what he's given us uh, to recap, but We'll start with some of the bigger players, maybe save LaMelo ball for later. We already know um, how uh, much praise he's going to get because of the rookie season that he's given us so far in the first half. I, let's start with the power forwards, not a let's yes. go with PJ Washington. And, and I kind of want to start with somebody that is going to get a mixed review, maybe from us, but I think certainly from the masses in Hornets Twitter, I, I think there's a lot of people that don't know what to make of what they've seen from PJ. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do. And they're just saying he's wildly inconsistent and it's not been the greatest of sophomore campaigns. Here's PJ Washington's stat line so far on the season. He's scoring 12 and a half points per game. He's doing so on 45% from the field. He's doing so on 38.5% from three, only on three and a half attempts uh, from distance per game. He's going to the fra- uh, he's going to the free throw line 2.9 times per game. He's shooting at a 78% clip. He's averaging 6.3 rebounds. He's assisting 2.9 times per game. And then you see the turnovers there up actually a little bit, 2.1 compared to 1.6 last year. Now, and I look at that stat line, and it's funny because 
it's not all that different from last year when everyone <laughs> was on board with PJ Washington. The field goal percentage last year was 45 and a half. This year, it's 44.9. So he is right there at 45%. The three-point percentage, Nada, it's better. It's actually 38.5% compared to 37.5% last season. He is doing it on half a shot less from distance per game, but the volume is still relatively similar. Mm -hmm. And the effective field goal percentage, it was 52.8% last year. It's 518 this season. This is also a year where you've seen P.J. Washington try to experiment a little bit more as a ball handler. He's tried to take some people off of the dribble. He looks like he's trying to develop a game that can take you off the deck a little bit more rather than being just somebody that catches it in the post and goes to work and also is a catch and shoot guy from three. I, I like that. I think this is the time to start to experiment and expound upon your abilities. And you see the stat line. It's not all that different. Advanced stats with him in the lineup would tell you in some of the different lineups they throw out. He helps the Charlotte Hornets defensively. I think there have been some problems here and there, but I've also seen some really good things. The rim protection from PJ Washington at times has been really good. If you're asking me to put all of this into a grade, I'll go a C plus for PJ. And I don't think that it's been someone that I've been so far against on, on what he's done. I, I I've been just fine with him. There was the one stretch where he wasn't very good, but he's turned that around ever since. And I'll go C plus and easily could get into B territory. If he has a better second half of the year. See, I am, I am one of those that has not been, I, I've been kind of the easier greater when it comes to PJ Washington, but you're right. A lot of this has not changed. A lot of this, like you said, is just the same stats. It just happens to look worse. Like the turnovers, I, I just noticed the, the, the type of turnovers. A lot of his turnovers have been live ball turnovers. And yes, you can hold that against him. And, but at the same time, I'm one of those that's going to tell you that we're a, a lot of people have been too hard on P.J. Washington this year. So if you're going to tell me that I have to give him a grade right now, and of course I came up with this parameter, so I do have to give him a grade. <laughs> um, I would give him a B minus because quite honestly, a lot of the stuff that he's done, like you said, it, like, like you said, statistically, a lot of this is the same. So if I'm going to give him a C plus grade, like, I feel kind of bad. Like, yo, you you're consistently doing things. You're con you're consistent in your habits. So, if that's the case, then why am I gonna punish you for basically being consistent despite having slightly worse turnovers? I can't give him a B. I can't I can't do that. Giving him a C plus, eh? So I'm I'm splitting the mit splitting the difference, and I'm going to give him a B minus. And I can only imagine the fervor and the anger that I'm going to draw from this because it's like, you're being too hard on him. He Again, PJ's trash, this, that, and the third. The man came in out of shape, I understand. At the same time, he's been your best player. He's been one of your better players, if not your third or fourth best player on the team since he came back from that second injury. And he kind of won you the Sacramento Kings game. So, I mean... There are a lot of guys that on this team that can't say that can say that they have done that right now. So B minus, and I'm good with it. 
Yeah, and, and you look, going back to some of the advanced stats individually, his box plus minus, it's at a negative 0.6. It was at a negative 1.6 last year. His VORP for all of VORP Twitter, it's basically right at the same. It was point, It's 0.3 so far. It was 0.2 just last season. The assist percentage is up, and so is the turnover percentage. That makes sense if you have a little bit more of an increase in usage. Even though it's not a ton, he does have a little bit more increase in the usage percentage. Um, and so I think that's what's led to some of those other things that we just talked about previously. Yeah, I mean, with me, not again, it's it's very similar, similar stat line. I do think that it hasn't, it, it's fair to say PJ's been inconsistent because he does come in out of shape and he didn't look all that great. And then I think it was like the first or second Atlanta game where he started to show you offensively a little bit more production. And then he goes out with the injury. As soon as he comes back from injury, you have that stretch of games where he's only making one and two field goals max out of Mm -hmm. all of the field goal attempts that he had. It was really bad offensively. And then he started to get going again. He gives you that Sacramento contest where he scores 42 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and helps you win against the Kings along with Malik Monks and one to finish it out. Yeah, I I think people that have been really worried about PJ have been a little too overblown. I I get that. I get that he's been inconsistent. But at the same time, I always thought it was a a little bit too much of an overreaction from what we saw. And if you take a, a little bit of a macro approach, if you take a step back and then you start to see collectively what he's done, I think people will be a little bit uh uh, a little, a little bit, bit better easier, in evaluating yeah. PJ. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, again, I do think it's a little bit overblown. And we do this too much with guys, and it's something that we've said on this podcast a lot. Progress isn't necessarily a straight line up or down. Yeah. So this is, again, he had a bad season, way to start the season. He's overcome that. And he's kind of... Like he's he's kind of rectified this. He's righted the ship. So if you write the ship, uh, get, I'm not saying that I'm going to give him an A grade because, quite honestly, at this point, again, at the midterm point, and even probably looking long term, there's no one that's probably going to get an A grade outside of one guy, and I think we all know who that is. Uh, at, yeah, get, I think is there two. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, but that's why you have to keep on tuning in to the Lockdown Hornets exactly. podcast. Bet Online AG. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they're all in full swing. You can also bet on things like TV shows and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. We've got another player plays a similar position coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I don't like doing that unless. Like, I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed, and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We are covering everything you need to know about the Charlotte Hornets, but what about the rest of the world in sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. 
It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every single morning in under 20 minutes. You don't even need all that much time in the morning. If you've got at least 20 minutes to spare and you can listen to it while you're doing chores, whatever you want to do to get started with your day, subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. You might have been able to guess who the next player we're going to evaluate is by the tease in the last segment. It's going to be Miles Bridges. Not of this was someone that I think a lot of people questioned when he was drafted um, or no with PJ when when PJ was drafted, having miles already as the first round pick. And then we discussed if these two guys can coexist on the court at the same time going forward. Can they both be two pillars of the organization as this team slowly tries to transition into something that expects wins? What we've seen for miles in a roll off of the bench, he's not starting. He started all but one game that he played in last year, and he's only started in two games this year in the 35 that he's played. A different role, him coming off of the bench, and he's really much more played power forward Mm -hmm. than he did small forward that like he did last season. Here are his stats. They are not going to be all that similar to what we saw last year. He's averaging 10 points per game this season. He averaged 13 in his sophomore year. He's doing so on 49.1% shooting, That's a difference of what he had last season, 42.4%. The three-point percentage at three and a half per game is sitting at 38.3%. Last year, he shot 33% from three, and he's going to the foul line a little bit less at 1.3 times per game. It's always been a problem with Miles, even coming out of college, but (laughs) the free throw percentage (laughs) for Miles Bridges is bananas, 93.2% from the charity stripe it's absolutely ridiculous and yeah it's on a small sample size per game but 93.2 percent is absolutely ridiculous he's doing so 5.7 rebounds 2.1 assist here's the thing nada we love what we've seen from miles this year and 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 people know that i was uh not as big of a fan on as uh on miles bridges as maybe some other hornets fans would be and he's really turned a corner this season The Hornets have asked him to do a little less. Yes. They're not putting the basketball in his hands a ton this season like he was probably asked to do a little bit more last year. You look at the usage percentage for him. It was 20% last year. It's down to 15.8. And yet the assist percentage is up because you can see him understand the game. I feel like not a mentally... I think you've seen him grow as much as anybody on this roster. And it's fun to see the wheels turning inside his brain compared to all the other players. Cause PJ still trying to figure it out a little bit as he expounds upon his abilities. Devante, he's always kind of been a smarter player and that was fun to see what happened last year. Terry's doing a little bit better. He's doing a better job with his shot selection, but just as far as somebody who looks more comfortable, somebody that you can start to see the wheels turning. I think Malik has a little bit of a case over that the last couple of seasons, but as far as a dramatic increase in what we've seen, Miles Bridges takes the cake. I I love what you've seen from that guy. I know that certain people, namely Doug Branson, hate when I mention this, but his contributions kind of go beyond the stat sheet, if we're really honest. And he's got pretty decent stats, especially the shooting stats right now. But the biggest question, like... When we had this discussion about Miles Bridges and what he was, and Rick, again, a friend of the pod, Rick Bennell, was one of those that brought up the fact that, hey, he's better at the four than he is at the three. And now we're seeing exclusively at the four and sometimes as that small ball five. And he's really taken to this role 
And quite honestly, he might be their best defender on the team right now. Now, whether that's a high bar or not, completely different discussion, but he's taken on a whole bunch of roles and he's filled them out. He's like you said, his court vision has gotten better. His again, his playmaking has gotten better. The only thing that it doesn't show up in is necessarily when it comes to scoring points, but he's one of those guys whether he's got five points or whether he's got 25 points, he's going to put his fingerprints on the game. And there are not many guys on this roster specifically that can do the, the, the amount of things that he can do well and has done well this year. Defend, block shots, rebound, shoot from the perimeter, and, and literally be, start being that leader, which you've also seen. Because I go back to that Orlando game where they won, where he's like, He's begging people. He's getting into it with coaches saying, we got to put our foot in the ground and defend a guy and get out of this zone. They won that game. Like, there are a lot of, like, intangibles to where we were all wondering who the successor was going to be to Marvin Williams in terms of leadership in that team. Terry Rozier's taken a step in that direction. The other guy that's taken a step in that direction is a Miles Bridges as well. What Miles has done that doesn't show up in the box score, it makes sense. And I think he's been late on rotation. There have been some bad defensive games from him still. But I, but again, there has been for every one of these players on the Charlotte Hornets roster. And I agree with you, Nada. He is making strides in that area. And I think if you were to just circle one stat to look at, the three-point percentage at three and a half that he takes per game, shooting 38%, I think that's huge. You know, I mean, you know the way that the NBA, where it is right now, not only where it's heading, but to have a guy like Miles Bridges who can go and catch a body and can also hit 38% from three, it's really nice to have. And I, I think that's something that's always going to allow him to have more success, anybody for sure. But when Miles Bridges can come in off of the bench and PJ Washington can hit 38% and you don't relinquish that, Miles can come off of the bench and also still give you the kind of shooting that maybe PJ can. I think that is hugely valuable to the Charlotte Hornets team. And uh, I think that's one of the bigger, that's one of the nicer things to see the fact that that has been there in a good way. And it's been consistent for miles that he's hitting all those shots. Yeah, exactly. And it, again, the jump shot is going to unlock everything for him. If he hits 36, 37, 38, dare I say 40 with his ability to get to the cup, now, granted, we all worry about him getting to the foul line and everything else like that. He keeps hitting threes like that. He keeps shooting well. He's going to draw more fouls. That's not going to be the issue. He's going to be – he's one of those guys I kind of expect an improvement for, from the first half of the season to the second because he completely understands where his role is right now. So – I'm kind of again if we're going to if you're going to tell me to give him a grade he's almost in that A class for me. And uh, yeah, yeah like relative to expectations which is what we're grading on. Yeah. You know, relative to expectations what we want them to be, what they should be. Uh Yeah, I mean for me it's it's the floor is a B. Yeah, I'll go B plus, yeah. Nada. I have no problem. Given the expectations and what I wanted to see from him this year, I'll go with B plus for Miles Bridges, and and I think that's I think that's well deserved. Now B plus is exactly where I'd have like unless I was going to give him credit for possibly being the best rapper in the NBA, then <laughs> I would give him the A. Can but, we stop with that though? I mean, Damian Lillard, man. 
He's not better than Damian Lillard, right? See, you're going to make me... No, see, I'm not going to answer that question because Dame will hear this and then he'll write a diss track about Locked on Hornets. And, 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 and we don't that's need my that. point. We don't need that. That's my point. That's exactly my point. Because if you are scared to mention... And now, it's not like I want to come in and trash Miles Bridges. I don't want to diss track from him either. But Damian Lillard... Miles Bridges put out a good video. Damian Lillard still is, best, is the best MC in the game right now. In the actual NBA game, I should say. No, see... No, we see. I think Miles is good. I'm just going to leave it at that. We're just going to leave All it at right. that because, again, we don't need the diss track and we got more important stuff to talk about, like built bar brackets. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you're, you don't want to tell me who the best rapper is in the NBA, but we can tell you what you should be opening out of rappers, which is the built bar. And we are doing a bracket right here, Nada. We've got March Madness, except now we're going to put a twist on it and it's going to be built bar madness. I've been raving about these damn built bars for the last two months. We've been getting some of the new recipes that they've been putting out with all the new flavors that they have. And I eat one basically every day. It's my breakfast to get me going in the morning. And we've got our favorites, the coconut brownie chunk, nada. Mm -hmm. It's got to be the number one overall seed. It should be. It should be, but it's not. And I don't understand why. It looks like it's a two seed. I, I guess they're going with like some of the OG flavors. The coconut brownie chunk should be the number one overall seed. Instead... We've got two matchups that we need to break down today. It's going to be the Apple Almond Crisp versus the Churro Puff, which I haven't even tried the Churro Puff yet. Yeah, we, need those, we, yeah, we need those Churro Puffs here. <laughs> so Apple Almond Crisp, it battles Churro Puff in the first matchup. And the second matchup, it's Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. Both are very good. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar, it is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of the bars. You can go to BuiltBar.com or to Twitter with their handle being at Built underscore Bar. And remember, you can use the promo code LOCKDOWN20 to get 20% off your next order. Again, that is LOCKDOWN20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Nada, if you wanted me to choose these matchups, I think I would go with Churro Puff. I just think I'm going to like it better. I haven't had it yet because it's new, but I'm going to go with Churro Puff. And then when it comes to peanut butter, brownie, and raspberry, raspberry's good. And it's not the easiest matchup in the world, but I'm, I'm going to go with peanut butter brownie pretty comfortably because I really like that one when I had it. Look, see, why, why are you taking my picks too, man? Because th those are the exact same picks I have. And I'm just, I, I, I struggle to figure out who's going to, like, at this point, I, I all we're doing right now is picking the bracket out to who's going to get <laughs> slaughtered by, co co again, coconut brownie. That's right. Like, that's what we're yeah. doing. We're picking the person that's going to get slaughtered in the finals. That's what we're doing here. I think you're right, Nana. I think it's 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 their tournament to take, and barring a massive upset, coconut brownie chunk, it's going to be the champion of Bill Bar Madness. I actually want to recap All-Star Weekend or All-Star Sunday that we just saw yesterday um, instead of grade another player that has uh, plenty more time to develop this week. So we'll recap All-Star Weekend coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. <laughs> and Again, I point to the lie. Yes, I you're well. Yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being exactly. had out there. Goodness gracious. <laughs> exactly. Unexpected ones. Point ones to that the were lie. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, how much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to uh, need to dis- uh, subscribe. I can talk, I promise. You need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Prospect uh, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. You can subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. So we're not going to grade any more players today. Nada will continue that tomorrow. Let's recap the NBA All-Star Weekend. What? How did you enjoy it? The three-point contest? Did you even pay attention to the skills challenge? Did you watch the game? How much All-Star festivities did you take in? I took in probably the least amount of All-Star festivities that I've done in my adult life was this weekend. I missed the skills competition, mainly because, again, it's a skills competition. I generally miss the skills competition because I don't care. Um... I caught the three-point con- contest. Um, Steph decided that he wanted to show us that he's still the best shooter on the planet, which it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous at this point. Um, and then the dunk contest, is it me or am I the only one that really thought that this wasn't the worst bot- dunk contest ever? Like people that wanted to just <sighs> crap on it are generally the folks that don't enjoy stuff. And this is coming from one of those po- people that is accused of not being able to enjoy stuff. Like I enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> that, that is true. You're, you're right. The fact that you're defending for us to enjoy it a little bit more, it is interesting. Here, I've got an annual all star festivities take about the dunk contest. I think everybody loves to hate on it. And then eventually, it, it you know, like every other year or so, you actually get a pretty good show. And people were doing this thing where they were hating on the dunk contest, what was it, four years ago? Mm-hmm. And then we got an awesome matchup between Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. And so Zach Levine winning a couple of those dunk contests, that guy's awesome. I want to watch that guy dunk. Did you see the layup line dunk that he had a couple of weeks ago that he put on Twitter? It's ridiculous. So I'm here for all of that. And then even last year, I thought we got a good dunk contest. Derek Jones Jr. gave us a good show. So people hate on the dunk contest. Should we have it? Everything's been done. What else can these guys do? They can continue to show you the mad ups that they have. So give me the dunk contest every year. I'll say this, Uh (laughs) Nada, it is tough to get excited when the most notable player that you have in your field is a first round rookie in Obi Toppin. Even if he plays for the Knicks, (laughs) even if he was great in college basketball last year, yeah, man, Obi Toppin being the most recognized name in that field. I I understand why people might not get up for that. No, I no, Like I understood that. Like I completely understood like, Unfortunately, like the dunk contest lacks stars. Miles Bridge, as we know, as we found out from Chris Haynes like a week ago, Miles Bridges said no. Um, yeah. Like there wasn't going. And a lot of them. Yeah, did. exactly. A lot of people said no. Zion said no. And honestly, that the thing is with this dunk contest, people don't see the risk as worth the reward. And with social media being as brutal as it is, I don't necessarily blame them for saying, you know what? I'm not going to take that risk. And, was- <laughs> and, and especially this year too, yeah. like, you know, in a pandemic when you only have one day to travel down there and then get your dunks off, you know, I, that makes sense. We can both agree that Cassius Stanley got completely robbed yes. with that first dunk, yes. right? Yes. Yes. Such a that was the guy I was most excited to see, honestly, just because, you know, us being an ACC country, Cassius Stanley, whoo, I mean, we 
Zion Williamson is somebody that's going to take all the attention after having played there the year uh, prior. Mm -hmm. But Cassius Stanley had a vertical that was absolutely nuts too. And I, I mean, seeing how high he got in that first dunk, it was it was insane. So I guess to answer your question that started all of this, like I don't. I I don't know if it was the worst dunk contest of oh, all time. It's not. It wasn't it wasn't good, but I would probably agree with you. I don't think it was the worst of all time. And, and we got to talk about this though. If Simons lands the kiss on the rim, then we are talking about one of the best dunks that we've ever seen in a dunk contest. Are we, why, I think why, we're why are we that. embracing kissing a rim in a pandemic? Answer me that. Why are we I don't embracing know. this? It, okay, I'm sorry. You can give him a zero for a sanitation, but give him a 10 on the creativity and the difficulty of pulling that off. Now, he doesn't, and he gave us one of the best memes of all time. As soon as they show the replay of him pulling <laughs> short and not able to land it, yep, that is an instant meme, and you talk about social media. Can't wait to see the creativity that people pull off with the Anthony uh, Simons meme. But if he actually would have landed it, Put in the put in a mouthpiece. Protect your teeth. Try to go up there and kiss the rim, and you would have gotten a fifty and a deserved one. I, I wish he would have landed it, but I guess he was a little bit more worried about his teeth than landing the. Yeah, as he should be. As he should be. That <laughs> man had somewhere to be. Granted, it, it theoretically, it was a hotel room, but he had somewhere to right. be. He had somewhere to be, and he chose not to risk his face. And you know what? For that, I salute you, Anthony Simons. Uh, the other thing, real quickly before we end today's show, you know, the all-star game, the Elam ending, it, it's some of the same takes as last year. The Elam ending is really cool. I do think even for all-star game standards, the lack of care at first <laughs> was absolutely ridiculous. I, I, and I don't care, right? I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not here to, to bang on him for it. I just noticed even for all-star game standards, which are the bar is so low, it's laying on the ground. Yes. I mean, it was buried in the ground. Those <laughs> the defense, it was not existed. They were throwing up half court shots and you know, Steph and Dame hit them, which is nuts. But throwing up the half-court shots, and, uh, I mean, it, it seemed even for those kinds of standards, it was low. Yeah, no, no, it was low. And the thing is, like, you had people saying, we, yo, we don't want to be here for, like, we don't want to be here. We don't want to play this game in the pandemic, this, that, and the third. And at the same time, I just looked at this game, like, the best thing that, that came out of yesterday was the Bradley Beal quote before the game. And he was like, look, we don't want to play this, but we have a CBA that we lose a whole lot of money if we don't. As long as I, as long as I looked at it as, A, we're, this is an exhibition and no one really cares and there's no one that's really going to get hurt, then the lack of care, like, it doesn't bug me as much. All I know is that the fourth quarter, like, the fourth quarter is the only time I ever care about this game. Yeah. And I'm glad that they made me care. But at the same time, like, it's okay that this is a game that they don't really try all that hard because there's nothing behind it. And for the for all the consternation about the game, the, it's the second highest regular season rated game in the in the inventory for the NBA. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you, people don't care. People say they don't care. The TV ratings don't necessarily show that. It's it's the masses, man. It you know. Twitter is an echo chamber yep. and you might see a ton of takes that say that it, you shouldn't do it and that nobody cares about it, but there are plenty of people off of Twitter. And, you know, I've, I've learned that the hard way a ton of times, uh, just, you know, being completely naive that, you know, Oh, this, this is my world. And, you know, it's happened quite a few times and it, and still you get a rating like that because 
All-Star Weekend, it is fun. It, it, when you can have it in normal times, it's a lot more fun and certainly hope we can get back to that next season in a safe way. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Make sure you vote for what Built Bar flavor you think should move on to the next round. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen. There are plenty of shows to choose from on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.